0: The and I'm a little disappointed in the local press in Las Vegas in not, in not really supporting him and what he was able to, uh, to accomplish last year with this team.
1: The Las Vegas Journal Review.
0: The problem with the Raiders is on the defensive side of the ball, but they have misfired on their draft choices and they have misfired on their free agent signings and they need to correct that going forward. Now,
1: started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio.
0: They were able to split with the Chiefs, and the truth is, if they were able to play defense last year, they
2: would have <laughs> swept the Chiefs. Mahomes takes over one time out. They can't stop them. They couldn't stop the Miami Dolphins with a horrendous penalty uh, coming
0: down the stretch. Oh gosh. Derek Carr had him ahead. He had him ahead in both those games. He did his job. He's got dancing feet. With that lower body, it's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. Shove it in.
1: Boom. Sadness.
3: That's the one.
0: I got to say, I am disappointed in the local press that they don't support the Raiders' defense more. How can you not support this defense? We we are way too mean to the Raiders' <laughs> defense
3: around here. This is By unbelievable. The way, forget the Raiders. I'm getting... Torn up on Twitter about UNLV. Do they ever listen to you? What is that? Some hey, guy hey, went after hey, me hard. Hey. Some guy. Tyler some never guy. wrote a piece
1: called "Rebels in Ruin." <laughs> mostly, yeah, that so was you. Mostly because no one would publish his piece <laughs> so, called "Rebels in Ruin."
3: So just go, I, We were completely honest and factual about UNLV basketball. They're coming after me. I'm like, yeah. Wait for the Daily Bischoffs briefs, my friend. What are they coming no. after me
0: for. Always positive. I've never uh, said a bad thing about any of our local teams.
1: Okay. Tyler <laughs> is going to have a legacy in this town, Ed.
0: And it's going to be that I was too positive. People call yes. me a homer all the time. You should ask uh, Marcus Arroyo. He thinks my coverage yes. is too nice. He wished, he blocked me because I was too nice. Yes. He you're wants me to be more critical. Yeah, I kept yeah. saying
3: nice things about their 0-6 season. He had to block me. Well, Couldn't see that. I mean, you never had uh, tweets rolling dice, so of course you're blocked. <laughs> All right, so
0: a lot of Derek Carr talk today because Brent Musburger went on the Rich Eisen show saying that everybody's too mean to Derek Carr. Uh, But David Carr, his brother, who works for NFL.com, is on NFL Network uh, quite a bit as well. He wrote a story at NFL.com and Pro Football Talk kind of dug it up to say that it was interesting because initially david carr wrote a story where he talked about russell wilson and he said if i'm one of those four teams and the four teams he was referencing were the uh saints cowboys bears and raiders the four teams that the russell wilson is acceptable to be traded to david carr said if i'm one of those four teams i'm picking up the phone yesterday pro football talk saw this wrote a quick story about it saying that basically David Carr's advocating that the Raiders trade away his brother Derek Carr to get Russell Wilson. Well, David Carr apparently went back and updated his story to say, if I'm a quarterback needy team, I'm picking up the phone yesterday. So he changed it to try to make it sound like he wasn't suggesting yeah. the Raiders should trade Derek Carr for Russell Wilson.
3: Okay, so... uh which I often don't do on the brothers, uh, because we are negative. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say when he first wrote it, he didn't kind of understand what he was saying, or he, he didn't mean to say that, because there's no way, none, zero, that either of those brothers would say anything that would insinuate the Raiders would need to upgrade from their brother. And, and here's the thing. I'm not even saying that's wrong. It's his brother. So, I'm you know, I I think he made a mistake or he didn't know, kind of, he went back and read it and said, oh, that's not what I meant because he did not do that on purpose. There's just no way. So I'll give him the benefit of doubt on that one.
0: I am hoping that Derek Carr called David Carr and said, what the hell, man? <laughs> that's what I'm hoping Dude. happened, that he's the one that called out to say, hey, David, why are you saying I need to be traded for Russell Wilson?
3: well yeah and and that might have that might have gotten david to go back and read what he wrote or what he said and they said oh wait a minute i didn't mean that so yeah i guess that could have been it where he just did it and no until the until the phone rang, it was the brother derek saying what are you doing he like oh man i didn't mean that so but you and i both know i mean they, they are completely behind and, they, and like i said they should be it's their brother i'm not saying they shouldn't be they should be completely positive about him but when you read it i can only imagine david's reaction when he's like oh what did I do?
1: Whose dog just agreed with you?
3: Uh, that was Ruby. Yeah, that
0: was Ruby.
1: Okay, uh, so Ruby agrees.
0: Um, I am. I am curious if David Carr ranked the ranked all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Would he put Derek Carr ahead of
3: Russell Wilson? Uh, I assume because before last season he said he was going to win the MVP. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there anything better than winning the MVP? I guess you know, winning the Super Bowl. If you're, but that's Brady. So, yeah, I would think. I mean. Uh, publicly or you know privately in his own mind i don't know but publicly if he's ranking them that he's his brother's going number one and
0: i don't i mean
3: so i have no problem with that it's his brother
0: he's not putting any quarterback ahead of Derek Carr if he had to rank them okay so number one is Carr. he is so so okay to go back to Brett Musburger Brett Musburger is mad that the media is not nice enough to Derek Carr while Derek Carr has a brother working for <laughs> NFL.com that like refuses to say any
3: other quarterback is better than Derek yeah. Carr, yeah, yeah. But he said local media, and David's not that local. is
0: true. That is true. He did he did specify local media. The oh. local press is not nice yeah.
3: enough. So basically, we just need to hire David Carr. Yeah, need to hire him. Uh, you what? know, uh, guest at uh, review journal or ESPN Radio or oh here I mean. Raider Nation Radio. Raiders.com. Yeah, you'd be great. Should be all over here. Why doesn't Raider Nation Radio have David Carr on?
1: Should he really be writing articles? Is that his background?
3: I, I don't have any idea. I, I gotta be honest. I didn't even know he did that. I thought he was just on TV. I didn't know he wrote. I'll, I'll say that. Maybe he's been doing it a long time and I never knew, but I just assumed he was just a TV guy.
1: Just very much feels like me writing an article. Like, not my background. Not something I should be doing.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Ask um, you to do that. I do hope, like Tyler. I I hope he. I hope he was told by Derek what happened because again, he did not do that on purpose, and and he probably shouldn't. At his brother. And I, He's I, never has always supported Derek. He's always said Derek, you know, is the right guy for the Raiders. So I do hope, oh. like Tyler, it's him on the other line. Hey, buddy, what do you think? What? What'd you do that for?
1: No, no. I, what I want is him to go to bed and wake up with nine missed calls from mom. <laughs> I just don't know why you won't support your brother. Mom, I go on NFL Network every day. It's all I do. He's your little brother, David.
0: <laughs> when, when is the David Carr story getting published about Derek Carr being a Super Bowl-worthy quarterback?
3: It hasn't been?
0: Well, I'm just saying, he's got to make up Ma- for this now. He said oh, he, oh, yeah. He's got yeah. to come back heavier than just an update. He's got to come back Three. over the top Three. and say, Derek Carr, better than Russell Wilson, or Derek Carr, more likely to win the Super Bowl than Deshaun Watson.
1: If I'm the Chiefs right now with that offense, I think you trade for <laughs> De- Derek Carr. Like, that's what you do. <laughs> look how good they were with Alex
3: Smith. They can do that again. Absolutely. Uh, all right, look, I mean... You know, he's he should support his brother. I get all that. And uh, it, it the only thing like you said, the only funny thing in this entire thing is who told him because um, I'm sure someone told him I, I don't maybe uh, maybe he reread it and said, well, what did I do? But more ap- more apt is someone said, hey, did you realize kind of how that sounded? And he said, oh, that's not what I meant. And look, it wasn't what he meant. No, whether he, whatever he believes inside or personally is up to him. But there's no way he meant to put that out there that they should be looking to upgrade.
0: I would love to see David Carr react if Derek Carr actually did get traded.
3: Oh, I, you know, that's a really good one for like someone like Deshaun Watson or or Russell Wilson. Right. Like, does he? Yeah, exactly. Like, does he go Uh, full into
0: the Raiders made a mistake? They're going to regret this or does uh, he go full into, you know, oh, the Seahawks or the Texans got a a great quarterback. They're going to be set up for the future.
3: I think the latter. I think he'd go all positive on wherever the brother went and what he could do for the new team. I, I don't – I I mean, even him saying it out loud that they made a mistake getting a top-five quarterback, he was He was the number one overall pick in the league. He knows what a good quarterback is. He was a quarterback. I mean, th- th- the only bad thing for David Carr was he had no offensive line. He got killed for his, most of his career, and that wasn't his fault. So, yeah, I can't believe he'd say they made a mistake if, it, if it's Watson or, Desha- or or Russell Wilson. Um, I think he'd more apt to go, hey, this is what Derek's going to be able to do for the Texans or the Seahawks.
0: Would the Texans be horrified to trade for Derek Carr just because he is David Carr's brother? And they'd be like, oh, God, you know, we're going to co- have another Carr brother yeah. get sacked 56 well, times. We can't do that again.
3: That's interesting because not, this. I heard that before Deshaun Watson even said they wanted to be traded. They were in Houston a few years ago. We were there covering it. And I don't even know why it came up. But someone actually brought it up like if they ever traded him, like – whether he's good or not, and he's a good quarterback, like they wouldn't go down that road again, given what happened with his brother. And again, it wasn't <laughs> his brother's fault that he got sacked every other play. I mean, he, they, they were horrible on the line for him. But yeah, I, I did hear that, that you know what? There's still enough memories about that, that they probably wouldn't go down that line again. That That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't think Derek Carr's getting traded. I think he's going to be the quarterback. But that is an interesting point of would Houston even entertain that?
0: Is the reason there was a voicemail left for the Houston Texans about trading Deshaun Watson is because it was the Raiders calling to try to trade Derek Carr, and they said, "No, thank you. We do not want any cars around here anymore. We're not even uh, answering the phone."
3: That would be interesting. I just want to know. I just want to know if Mayock could control himself. And when he asked for Deshaun Watson, he mentioned that he thought he had a bubble butt <laughs> on, on the vo- on the voicemail, and we uh, said like that. that- that janitor's, like, listening to the voicemails, and this guy's on there talking about bubble butts, and he really doesn't know where to put the – he doesn't know where to forward the message. Oh. So oh.
0: we need to figure out which which quarterback in the NFL has the best bubble butt.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, well and that's- I mean, the, the receiver <laughs> is still Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I know that for a fact.
0: <laughs> because if we can identify the quarterback with the nicest bubble butt – that's who the Raiders are going to try to trade for, or if it's yeah. in the draft, that's who the Raiders are going to draft yes. at some point. Yes, yes. If there's a quarterback yes. with a bubble butt, they're going to
3: just have I to mean, take him. Hey, we'll give you the number one pick. We'll give you the number one pick for this and this and this. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence has a skinny butt. Can't do it. He's too tall. <laughs> we don't like, want any guy who's tall without a bubble butt. We he's can't got have him. he two
1: planks
3: back there.
1: It's like he's purposely <laughs> trying to flatten it. <laughs> I just, we don't want I, that guy. I, I want to be in the room where Gruden's just like, but he can throw. But his butt. No. His butt, <laughs> John.
2: All right. Coming up next, we will talk to <laughs> Sam and Ash. We
1: do a good show. <laughs> Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, SamandAshLaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right.
3: Ah, oh, you heard it there. Nobody better in Las Vegas with personal injury attorneys. Sam and Ash Law on Twitter, SamandAshLaw.com. How are you
4: guys? I'm great. I'm great. I love that open. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: Jared, Ooh, you do that ball in your spare square. time?
4: Yeah. <laughs> that is the there. bubble butt right. of opens. Yes, it is the bubble <laughs> butt of opening. Absolutely.
3: That's uh, what we're looking for on this show, bubble butts. Um, so, uh, good to have you guys with us. Uh, we've got uh, topics as usual. And one broke yesterday. Well, it really broke around the Super Bowl when um, the son of Andy, Britt Reed, the son of Andy Reed's uh, uh, head coach at Kansas City, was involved in a really bad accident where a five-year-old girl uh, has suffered uh, brain damage. Her her attorney or the family's attorney uh, came out and said, we will advocate for the most serious charges and the most serious sentence that he could receive. He um, admitted that he had two or three drinks along with Adderall and authority said they're still waiting for toxicology reports. So I guess Tyler and I's first question on this is what's the range of charges that this guy, depending on the toxicology reports and what her, you know, she's got brain damage. Now as a five year old, like give us the range of charges that he could be facing, depending on all that. Ooh.
2: Um, so the range of charges. So this happened in Missouri, I believe, you know, Mm -hmm. right by Kansas city, the chief stadium arrowhead. Yeah. And so, um, here, the interesting thing is Reed had a prior DUI. Um, he pled guilty to a prior DUI in 2007. So, um, here, that's a felony for a repeat DUI or a DUI that causes serious injury, and that's up to four years. Um, now, what's going to get interesting, though, is what evidence the prosecutor has. You know, the toxicology reports are going going to be critical in this. So, if the if the evidence comes through, and maybe the toxicology isn't the the. DUI the BAC isn't that high Um, right now you've got you've got issues proving that leg of the case the DUI but you still have the severe injury so you might see then uh, this DUI get reduced down to like a felony reckless driving that causes severe injury or um, you know if the if the little girl had luckily she didn't pass away but then it could have been reduced down to a vehicular manslaughter which is a misdemeanor so there's a lot of things that can go on here and especially this prior DUI and how it factors in being 13, 14 years ago. Uh,
4: I think I'd like to point out that Missouri was the first state in the U S to carry out an execution during the pandemic. And so, um, uh, I, I granted, um, they're probably not going to execute this guy, but I'm, I think Ashley, I think they're going to throw a lot more than four years at him. I think there's, there's a crippled girl um, who's, who's changed permanently for life. And the most important factor here is that the family is advocating for punishment, right? We know mm-hmm. that from the story. And that's one of the, can be one of the principal drivers in, in upcharging these types of cases. You know, A lot of, sometimes you have, you know, victims that are, you know, families that are very forgiving. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. They're not taking the Christian path on this one. Uh, they've lawyered up just like Rocky did. When he got yeah, brutally, brutally assaulted and yeah, got his yeah. own brain damaged yeah. <laughs> at the ESPN studios, Las Vegas, it's at another Graney, law I'm breaking. You. It's another law <laughs> breaking. But go ahead.
2: Add it, add it to the list. Yeah, and, exactly- uh,
4: <laughs> and and yeah, just because the DA declined to charge um, on that one, no kidding. Uh, look, uh, th- this is—I I mean, this this could be in in you know the the guy could end up in jail for for a decade. It's 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 very possible. Yeah, so, and
2: he just ahead. doesn't, yeah, he just, he's not a sympathetic um, defendant either. I mean, this 2007 prior DUI, he also had a, a significant road rage incident where he was uh, brandishing a firearm at someone else on the on the road. Um, so this, this guy's not going to be sympathetic, like he's, you're not, jurors aren't going to like him. So how
0: big of a deal is it that this is a more public case than usual because, you know, we're we're talking about it because it's the son of a coach in the NFL. Like how does that play into the charges that it's more popular than, you know, maybe most cases like this,
4: Uh, you know, it makes it harder for it to just go away. You know, so so the DA knows knows that all eyes are on him and, and the DA is less likely to um, you know, there's, there is the likely there's no such thing as a quiet deal here at the end, you know, and um, it's not, there's a lot of media attention. Now the flip side of it is, you know, there's, there, this guy has, you know, he, his family has money. Right. So, so Reed has money and he can hire the best lawyers. And so there's a, you know, celebrity components to these criminal cases, I always think cut both ways. On one hand, you've got a lot more resources. If you're a likable celebrity, it can go to your favor. Ashley's a hundred percent right. This guy's not a likable dude. Uh, and he's, he's really the son of a celebrity, right? Kind of, I mean, he's not, you know, right. he's a, he's a celebrity appendage. Uh, <laughs> so, or a celebrity adjacent, whatever you would call it. So he's, he's not this this guy it's uh, in the end, I think it's actually gonna be worse for him because he has all this media attention on him.
3: Has this been what you've seen so far then maybe not to that level because Andy Reid super Bowl champions uh you know a year ago uh, back and through all of that um at a smaller or lesser degree have you kind of seen locally that this is kind of the Track of Zayon Collins, where he was somewhat of a celebrity as a high school star, going to UNLV. Is that one of these kind of cases? Now, someone died in that case, but that this DA here would say, okay, little more scrutiny here because of who we're dealing with. Yeah, but yeah, there's
4: a absolutely. lot. Yeah, but there's a lot more of the other side of it, where Zayon Collins was this had a story of his own. He had he has there are likable things about him, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this this read here being the son of you know, the, the, the head coach, he's, he's, he's got all the attention from the media, but with none of the, none of the Bennies, right. And so Zan Collins is at least a guy who's a local kid who's done tremendous things and had a really promising career. And there's something tragically sympathetic about him in spite mm-hmm. of the fact that he, he absolutely screwed the pooch and did a terrible yeah. thing and killed somebody. Right. And there have to be consequences for that, but, but there, there's an element of the in the public, you'd have to be a—you you have to be in. You, you, every person I've talked to about this admits to some levels of sympathy for the kid, um, and, and he's youthful. You know, he's young. He's an—you know—we were all idiots when we were kids. Thankfully, we didn't—we didn't, we didn't right. take it to this level.
2: But, but yeah, Ed, you're absolutely right. The prosecutors and the judges—everyone knows. All eyes are on them in every step of the way. So that's that's something that everyone's paying attention to.
0: One other thing on this case, because he, Britt Reed did admit to having two or three drinks before <laughs> this accident. Is Does that matter once the toxicology report comes back, or is that just sort of forgotten and you just go solely on what the toxicology says?
2: Well, I mean, how, lo- how long ago? I mean, it was, I think, pretty early in the night I'm not sure I forget the time when the accident happened but what was the time span of the drinks what were the drinks you know it's a lot different having a beer than a um, something like a Long Island iced tea you know those are very different drinks so um, that's that plays a lot into it so you will look to see what the toxicology reports what the BAC comes back Um, and also you know regardless of what your BAC is, there's still a level of impairment that that most officers will look to that that report will tell you whether the officer arrived and subjectively looked at Britt Reed and said he's intoxicated or under the influence um, and impaired and unable to operate a vehicle safely.
3: Uh, Want to get to another one here because I, I don't know why this hasn't happened more across the country. Uh, Menlo School freshman filed a lawsuit in San Mateo County, California, against the county, state, and state health officials for prohibiting indoor sports at the high school level. I think part of the suit says, look, if it's safe for college and professional athletes, why is it not safe for high school athletes? She's saying you're uh, not only the mental health problems that that could impact her and others, but also she's trying to play for a scholarship. You are trying to impact that by keeping me off the court. Um, This seems like there's a wide breadth of things she could say is happening, but How, like, who, what would decide this? Is it just say, hey, this is county, this is county uh, uh, protocols, you can't go on? Or do you think there's some validation here in her claim that why is it not good for us if it's good for others?
2: Well, Ed, it it is, it is validated. The law firm that's representing this girl, um, they just, won a temporary restraining order down in San Diego County. And that's what's starting this. They're now piecemeal and going after county by county. They just need plaintiffs to to sign on. But uh, in San Diego County, they just won a temporary restraining order against Newsom um, and his ban on indoor youth sports. And the judge there said, there's no medical evidence showing that um, team sports is safe for college and pro athletes in these counties, but not high school athletes. So there was no rational basis for the government to distinguish limiting pro and college sports and from youth sports. And so that, that the San Diego judge came out and said, yeah, I don't see how this works. So we're going to allow indoor, outdoor youth sports to proceed.
4: Yeah. And I'm going to point something out here that, and Ashley's right, that and a lot of your listeners will, will think, well, wait a minute. When when you we, you guys were talking about all of this, you know, eight months ago, you know, and there were these lawsuits that came along, you know, and, and around the summertime and and whatnot, and and you know, and all those lawsuits got more or less decided against the plaintiffs in favor of the governors that were holding these restrictions up. And mm-hmm. and I'm I'm going to say, oh, you're right. You're absolutely right if you remember that. But remember. These decisions don't occur in a vacuum, and an important component of this is what is going on with the virus numbers-wise. What are the stats, and 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 when you have the virus now, we're you know clearly seem to be coming out of it. We're in a decline. Um, that rational basis, look, especially if you're doing one set of restrictions for one group of people, one, another for another. But the extent to the, to the governor's actions in California, county's actions, the extent to which these executive orders can be upheld do very much depend on, I'll, I'll be honest, in the perceived gravity of the crisis. And a governor's power goes up the graver the crisis, and de- and decreases with with it with it with the threat levels decreasing. So um, I think that's that's going to be a big part of it, and that's the win in the sales, and it's part of a movement across the U.S. to get the country opened up.
0: Uh, an important question yesterday on the show, uh, oh, Ed. Man. Ed might have admitted to (laughs) maybe, maybe uh, might have admitted to (laughs) buying a vest off of Amazon to put on his dog to make his dog look like a service animal. This is Um,
2: not true.
0: How how many years is Ed looking at when he gets prosecuted here?
2: Life. Throw the book. (laughs) We'll still give you a computer and microphone, Ed. They'd
4: they'd execute him in Missouri for sure. (laughs)
2: Listen. All I
3: said was, you know, Tyler said that a Shih Tzu could not be a service dog. And I said, when it comes to anxiety, any dog can be a service dog. And I just mentioned, hey, I'm not saying anything happened on my end. But my guess is if you go to Amazon, you'll see 23 available jackets that fit a Shih Tzu. And you might get to order one. I don't know why. I don't think that's admitting guilt. I'm just trying to help people out there on where you find these nice blue and white jackets that fit a Shih Tzu.
1: I committed a crime, and so can you.
4: <laughs> no. Oh my god! Uh, come on, come on! Hey, you know what, the- Ed? You need your own reality show. I yeah, think you, do. you know. We just need to get a two-person camera crew to follow you around. <laughs> oh, Jared, uh, Jared, Jared's in. Um, I mean,
1: I'm already basically got willing to work for free. Yeah, that's fine.
4: <laughs> oh, I think this could be very lucrative, Jared. <laughs> yeah. I think this could be a, this could be a big hit. Uh,
0: Jared no, won't survive is- the first time trying to follow Ed on camera in his car. <laughs> like
4: this- no, the, the, yeah.
3: And and we had a race car driver on yesterday, and I oh, just happened that's to mention. Right. Well, I mean, our our question to the race car driver is like, look, when you're on regular streets with the rest of us is it hard not to speed their whole lives are going around an oval at like 200 miles an hour so when you get behind your regular car do you speed And the race car driver uh said we had kyle bush on before and they both say no it's very easy to shut it off and we understand and I said, you know, look, I mean, I just mentioned that my Honda Accord might reach 95 at points, and they, <laughs> they took that as an admission of guilt. And I just said that's what
4: the speedometer says when I look at it, not that I've done that. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that statement's in bounds. I think you're okay. Uh, yes.
2: As your lawyer, I just stop. <laughs> but,
4: but what I wonder is do these NASCAR drivers, if they're so used to going around an oval, what do they do when they hit the spaghetti bowl here in Vegas? Like, does that yeah. just – is that a total
2: – they go toward downtown. <laughs> they go right.
4: <laughs> they go right.
3: Those, those guys <laughs> must hate uh, Vegas with all the, uh, <laughs> oh the with God. all the, you know, five entrances into the lane and stuff. They might just be be going around in circles. I I would be by far your guys worst client. I would never stop I, talking. And and
4: I want to I want to <laughs> talk to you about what it would cost to wrap your car with <laughs> salmon ash signage. And and if I hit you, right? If I hit you in mirror writing on the hood, uh, if if I hit you, call call Rocky.
3: Yes. 702-820-1234. There it uh, is. That's what you need to call. I mean, uh, it
1: shouldn't be if, it should be when.
3: All right. <laughs>
1: all right. Law on
3: Twitter. (laughs) Salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Nobody better in Vegas. Personal injury attorneys, give them a call now. Well, thanks a lot. This was fun.
2: Oh, always, guys. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. See you later. Take
4: care. Have a great one. Bye. See you later.
3: Coming up next,
0: we've got to make sure Ed still keeps talking because that's kind of his job around here on the show. (laughs) But Bischoff's briefs. And look at Marc-Andre Fleury and why he's playing so well this season.
1: Bischoff's Briefs. How was
2: the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No. Me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's Briefs. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's Briefs. Scoring in hockey it seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. The Petty Ape passes to Huck and Chuck who skates past the blue line. Huck and Chuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of LaBatts after sitting out last season with... Oh my
1: God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs.
0: Oh, today's Bischoff's Briefs. We're using Ed Grady as inspiration. Um, I know you guys talked about this on Monday when I was out, but... Ed wrote a story about Marc-Andre Fleury, and you spent way too much time on the intangibles, Ed. Nobody cares about
3: competitive drive and
0: all that crap. What I well, found interesting wait, 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 in the, the Tyler. Well,
3: the, listen, the number of clicks on that story will debate that, but go ahead.
0: Tyler
1: is critiquing your writing, Ed. Um, uh, That's right, let's huh? see here. You're the columnist for the newspaper <laughs> of record, and he has a blog
0: competitive drive irrelevant nobody cares about competitive (laughs) drive what was interesting though was what you picked up on uh from Pete DeBoer and Marc-Andre Fleury about changes to how he was playing and basically to summarize here you had uh Dave Pryor as the goaltending coach uh before Dave uh before Pete DeBoer got hired uh they Reassigned Dave Pryor last year, sent him to Ontario to quote work from home, and then probably never talked to him again after they did
3: that. <laughs> There's but, no way they know where that guy is right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Dave Pryor, we, he wasn't brought back after the season, the whole situation there. But the point here is that the Golden Knights have basically asked Marc Andre Fleury to change the way he plays because under Dave Pryor, Marc-Andre Fleury was extremely aggressive. Marc-Andre Fleury was the goalie that was always flying out of his crease, was all over the place as an aggressive goaltender. Under Pete DeBoer this year, he's apparently playing deeper in his crease. He's playing less aggressively. He's playing more like Robin Leonard, honestly, where there's not as much activity. He's not trying to chase everything all over the ice or all over the crease. And what I find interesting here is that since dave Pryor was removed i guess is the word we'll use that came on february 26 last year shortly before the season went on pause since that happened mark-andre fleury's save percentage is 9.30, and he has the sixth highest goals saved above average in the entire nhl so that includes a couple of regular season games last year and this entire season so It's a small sample size. We're not even talking about 20 games, but it kind of looks like Pete DeBoer fixed Marc-Andre Fleury or Pete DeBoer's staff fixed Marc-Andre Fleury by making a change in the way he plays.
3: Yeah, I was surprised. Not surprised, I guess, because usually Fleury works with his own guy in the offseason that he's worked with since he's a kid, and I just assumed that's who he's worked with. And he said, no, it was the Knights staff. I I got to be honest with you, people might think that's crazy because that's the team he plays for. But a lot of these guys have their own personal coaches, whether it's skating coaches, whatever, in the offseason. He said, no, it was all the Knights. Um, so good for the Knights to recognize how to make him better and good for Flurry not to be the guy who says, I'm 36, I have three rings, shut up, I don't want to hear it. And that's what DeBoer said. He goes, <laughs> DeBoer said, you know, the thing that impressed DeBoer, most, he was completely open ears. He agreed it wasn't a good year. I want to ask you this because I asked Adam and, and Jared on Monday. I don't know if I totally buy into his statement that I don't play to prove anything to anybody because I think someone like that who's that competitive wanted to prove himself this year. Like, I don't see how he – if he admits mixed last year wasn't any good and he obviously knew Leonard had taken the number one spot, wouldn't you want to prove people wrong? Yeah, that's –
0: Anybody I mean, I don't yeah. Anybody in any situation like that would. Anybody who, especially if you've been doing something for years yeah. and years, right? Like he has been a starting goalie in the NHL. If if somebody comes along and says you're no longer a starter, we've got somebody better than you. Yeah. I I think almost any human being is going to say the hell he is. Like I'll right. show you. Right. Like and yeah. Sure, maybe he's doing it for himself, but there's absolutely a level of I'm going to show Pete DeBoer and George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon that I'm better than Robin Leonard, that I'm the yeah. best goalie on this team, and this is this is my crease. This is my team. There's, yeah. there's absolutely a level of that because there's a level of that with anybody in pretty much any even if it's not uh, goaltending, even if it's literally no. anything you do in your life. If somebody says, hey, you're not good enough at that, a lot of, most people are going to respond with the hell I am. I'm just fine
3: right. with this, and I'll show you. Right. And uh, you don't like the competitive nature angle, but. Uh, Intangibles are they ridiculous. Said they uh, All his teammates that I talked to said the exact same thing that the media and the fans see one side, and he's completely different in terms of how much he likes to win. And if he loses, he's just absolutely. I mean, I asked him, he's, I said, what if you're playing a board game with your wife? He goes, I cheat. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, well, what? Like, I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, you're saying that. It's like, okay, then you probably want to win hockey games if you're at home cheating on Monopoly.
0: Man, who doesn't cheat at board games, right? Doesn't everybody cheat <laughs> at so- board games?
1: That's the only way to make Monopoly a good board game.
3: It's <laughs> cheat? How did you get all that money? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's good that he did that. I mean, the results are the results, right? He's... I don't know if he's... I mean, I saw some numbers on uh, Vasilevsky last night. And I'm thinking, is Fleury really the Vesna leader? Because this guy's playing out of his mind. Um, but he's obviously one of the top Vesna leaders, so he's doing something right. Right. And listen, how well he's played this
0: year, there's almost no chance he keeps that up. Because, he. he again, he, this would be the best season of his career if he does it right. for an entire season. So he's almost certainly going to come back to earth. And maybe we saw the start of that on Monday when he gives up four in the second period. One of which he's trying to stab at the puck with his blocker and can't actually pick it up so maybe there's gonna be some regression but if he continues to be a goalie that save percentages you know 912, 915, and his goal saved above average stays you know plus 10 plus 15 maybe even plus 20 for the entire season that's an unbelievable bounce back year from what he was last season when legitimately he was a bottom tier starting goalie in the nhl there's a reason the golden knights traded for robin leonard and it's not because Marc-Andre Fleury was good. Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't good last year. That's why they thought they had to make a move for a goalie. And that's why they re-signed Robin Leonard in this offseason to a five-year deal. Now, this year, that looks you know, like a bad deal because Marc-Andre Fleury is playing really well. And Robin Leonard
3: is nowhere to be found. Allegedly know concussed.
0: Uh, yeah, Could I mean, you?
3: something's happening. Could you see if Leonard comes back pretty soon and they go back to the one-on-one-off, Fleury staying near these numbers? I I
0: mean, it's hard to imagine he will pretty much regardless how many games they play. But if he gets more rest, you you think it's a little bit more likely uh, that he could keep those numbers up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when Leonard comes back and how they rotate him. I know George McPhee said last week that he likes the rotation. So if Leonard's back, they'll go back to rotating him. What would be fun is if. Leonard comes back and Flurry's numbers start to drop when he's playing every other day because then everybody'll get to say, "Well, just give Flurry every game and he'll be the greatest goalie ever. You're yeah. ruining his hot
3: streak." Oh, they will say that. Believe me. <laughs> uh, they will say they will tweet that. I know that. Bring on the tweets. Bring them
0: on. All right.
1: Uh oh, okay. I was just going to ask why did the why do goalies need more rest than everyone else?
0: Well, they don't leave the ice, and they wear a whole bunch of equipment.
1: Okay. Well, I feel like everybody's wearing a whole bunch of equipment. I mean, they're dude, they're skating on swords.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> one of them wears a lot of equipment. The other ones just wear, you know, an, a decent amount of equipment.
1: But, I mean, they get to sit down every once in a while. They don't get to sit down ever. What are you talking about? Well, all right, maybe not sit down, but, like, kind of go prone, like, lay on their stomach and spin around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez. Like goalie might be the most taxing position in all of sports. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Like all other sport I'm trying to think. Every other sport, you get legitimate like you go to the sideline and sit down and drink water. Goalies goalies have to put a water bottle on the back of their net because they don't yeah. get to go to the bench ever. That's and, how and taxing even, the position what is. What
1: are you talking about? They get to go to the bench normally with like two minutes left in the <laughs> even, third period.
3: Even even uh even uh Flurry, when they they come on, you know, the, the and the timeouts and to like clear the ice and clean the ice and the, you know they're out there, he never even leaves. Like he doesn't even skate over. He's on there the whole time. He ne- he just sits behind the net and lets them clean lets them clean the crease and then he goes back and plays.
1: Just dodging right. Zambodis. <laughs> yes.
3: coming,
0: coming up next. Spring training is here, and the best team in baseball is off to a hot start. William (sighs) Hill is giving you a free 50 bucks to bet. When you sign up for a new mobile sports account, use the promo code GET50. That is G-E-T-5-0. And then, when you make a minimum $50 in sports bets, you'll get a free 50 bucks in your account. From William Hill, you get a free $50 and you can place all your bets straight from your phone. It's bet 50, get 50 from William Hill. Just remember the promo code, get 50. For more details, visit williamhill.us.
1: Let's end the show with something sweet. This is the dessert menu brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Prioritizing people over profit.
3: So as mentioned, the base is loaded for the first time this year.
0: Fernando at the dish. And the first pitch oh. to Tatis is launched to deep left field. Slam Diego has come to Arizona. And Tatis, a no no-doubter, way up on the Berman left. And the Padres have themselves a five-run second inning against the Diamondbacks. Tatisa's first home run of the
2: spring. It was loud. It was emphatic. And, of course, it was a grand slam. My, my, my. First pitch fastball, center cut, and boy have we seen that pose often from Fernando Tatis Jr.
1: This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union.
0: Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. Should the Dodgers
3: concede the NL West right now? Okay, just a few things off that clip. Uh, I (laughs) I, I, I wish... I, I, wish Tony, I wish Tony Gwynn Sr. sounded like his dad. Anyway, man, that is eerie. That is eerie. But uh, I'll just give you two numbers. 15 and 18, 4.55. The career numbers for whoever Caleb Smith is, played for the Yankees, Marlins, and Diamondbacks. That's who served up the right down the middle 90 miles an hour batting practice pitch. So good for you, Tatis. You're making $900 million, and you can hit 90 down the middle from Caleb Smith. Give me a break. <laughs> A break, fifteen and 18 455. Five. Thanks for checking Ed, in on Ed, that guy,
1: Ed. Ed, the Dodgers can still be a wild card team. It's fine. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, Is it four four five five's about average ERA, right? So he took an average eh, pitcher deep, right? Yeah, four, maybe four, five, because five most around, well,
3: most was done in the American League, so I will give him that because most was done with the most of it was done with the Yankees. So, uh, but you know, you're in the National League, now, buddy. Get somebody out. Get somebody, somebody out, somebody lower the ERA. Out, listen to you. <laughs> did you hear that off the bat? The, I, I saw it. Di- I think the, I think. The, I think that. I think, the, I think the diamond. I think the Diamondbacks outfielders actually walked in instead of turning around. Like they didn't. If they moved, it was forward, not back. That's how far that thing was hit.
0: Oh, oh man, Fernando Tatis is gonna haunt you for fourteen oh, years. Oh, this is oh, phenomenal. Oh man, oh, this is the God, perfect time he's to be. So doing this show good. It's
3: such a disaster how good he is. <laughs> You've God. gotta
0: turn you gotta turn to trying to dump on the pitcher that's throwing to <laughs> yes, try to discredit yes. Fernando right. Tatis.
3: In the break, I had to look up Caleb Anthony Smith, uh, who <laughs> gave up that home run. Yesterday to see who this bum was, and he is—he's a four, five, five, fifteen, and eighteen. So I'm not feeling too bad. Trevor Bauer wasn't walking to that mound yesterday. That's all I know. Oh man, how
0: many grand slams is Tatis hitting off of Trevor Bauer this year? I can't wait.
3: Yeah, by the way, let's calm down. With Slam Diego has reached Arizona. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. (laughs) Because it means as much as when they do it back to back in the regular season against like real pitching. Okay, Caleb Smith is a real pitcher. <laughs> not maybe not a good one. Yeah. but he's real. He's real. Damn it, he's real to oh. me. He's got a uniform God. and everything. Jared, it's good. It, this is going to be daily, isn't it? You're going to yes. specifically what look for. What is wrong for, with you? For, Why would you think it wouldn't be daily? It's going to be. You're going to specifically look for Fernando Tatis. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know who the clip was from. That that had to be Tony Gwynn Jr. I know he's on the broadcast. Man, that was eerie. How much he sounds like his dad. That was really eerie. Um, uh, he does a good job. Did TV.
0: you know? Did you know that Fernando Tatis uh, drove in more runs with that swing than the Dodgers scored yesterday in their spring training game?
3: Yeah, I've got the tie. Tyler seven innings had to had to had to take a break. <laughs> uh, t- we were two and zero going in. Uh, you know, got the tie yesterday. Uh, we we're able to close the Giants out so they didn't beat us in the bottom of the seven. So uh, we'll take the tie. Ah. You, you, I mean, you can't go too far along. You can't, Mookie had a hit, took off for the day. I mean, it's, it's spring training. We don't, gonna, Put it this way. We don't get a lot of highlights that we care about in spring training. We're not having huge headlines about a spring training home run.
0: I'm going to read you the pitchers that four hit the Dodgers yesterday for the Giants. Uh, okay. uh, Logan Webb, Matt Weisler, Tyler Rogers, Sam Selman, Wandy Peralta, Camilo Duvall, and Dominican Leone. A lot of future Hall of Famers on that list, Ed.
3: All right. Seeger with one at bat. Uh, Betts one for two. Pollock two at bats. <laughs>
2: Barnes just... with one at
3: bat and he got the hit. Uh, let's see. Rios, who I actually like, hitting 500 for the Rios. spring after three games, one at bat. Uh, so, like, nobody played. I'm not seeing Bellinger. I'm not seeing half the team here. So, we're okay there at the 1 1 game. You just named like four starters. Yeah, with one at-bat or two at-bats. They didn't even play the whole game. All I care about yesterday, two innings pitched, one hit, one strikeout, Walker Buehler. Dustin May, two innings pitch, one hit, uh, two strikeouts. That's really the only thing that matters from yesterday.
0: Man, they've given up hits to this Giants lineup. <laughs> the Giants uh, 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 leadoff hitter was some guy named Lamont Wade.
3: <laughs> yes. he the Hey, one the three hey, and hey. Him hey. <laughs> Wait, no, can I got that confused with somebody else. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. One... What are
1: you counting?
3: I think I know two. I think I know two people in this Giants lineup. Exactly, and
0: they tied the Dodgers yesterday while Tatis is hitting moonshots. It's over, Ed. I hope yeah. you enjoyed your 2020 asterisk shortened season World Series because the Padres are coming.
1: I mean, at least you didn't, you know, like spend all of the team's money in order to get a shortened season. <laughs>
3: World Series
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> They didn't spend it all They had plenty to spend On Trevor Bauer afterwards
3: It's going to be A daily thing Yes, I'm yes. Happy about this
0: And it's the best part be- Is the Padres Are going to win Like 95 games <laughs> So we're going to have Plenty of times To show you That they won <laughs> the game
3: It's going to be so much daily. Jared, after the show, uh, call the Padres and let's get this thing sponsored so we can make some money off it. We'll we'll sponsor the dessert
1: menu sponsored by the
3: San Diego Padres. Wait, wait.
1: Who told you my plan to get a
0: Padre on every week? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, Oh, check in tomorrow when Fernando Tatis co-hosts the entire show Uh, with Ed. uh, That's what Uh, we want. Next time I'm out, it's Tatis on all day, Ed. All day with Fernando. Actually, Tatis and a random Padres fan that you have to listen to be uh, insufferable for three hours.
3: Padres are one and two in the spring. They play the Brewers today. Uh, Let's see.
2: There we go. All right.